and good morning and welcome to this a couple of five minute morning minor on wednesday the 8th of november uh morning paul oh hello hello but we do have it raining again <laughs> no not too bad i had a cycle ride in this morning actually came in dry so uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's raining here at, at the house though you know, you're down down south london <laughs> um okay let's uh, let's start off with um actually clean tech lithium and I think it's really interesting because they put out an announcement this morning. They've been over in China and they're talking about their DLE capabilities. They're using Chinese DLE capabilities. Obviously, they're a brine lithium producer in Chile. Um, but DLE is really interesting because it's moving very fast. And it's sort of like DLE, I suppose, is the equivalent of fracking in oil and gas, um, DLE to, to lithium production. Paul, I mean, let's, Paul, just give us your take on this announcement first. Well, I wouldn't put... Uh... The DLE and the same words with uh, fracking because of the negative connotations that the environmental lobby has around fracking. I would call DLE the uh, high-tech high and, and uh, low-impact way of extracting lithium from its uh, contained uh, products, whether it's uh, a, a clay or whether it's a brine or whatever. In this case, with Cleantech Lithium's Chile project, it is a brine. And this latest announcement out from them is simply an update on the deployment of one of Sun Resin's uh, plants uh, as a pilot plant uh, for Cleantech's facility. That update shows that the, all of the components have now arrived in Chile so that now they can gather them at the site and otherwise uh, begin the construction of it. Uh, and that the Sun Resin technicians who are uh, designed to come in with the testing and commissioning phase of the pilot plant uh, they're due to arrive here by the end of this month in chile uh, as well now important for uh investors to realize is that there are six operating plants of this kind already uh, operating commercially in china so it is something which is commercially proven there but not yet proven in the west and that's the whole point around the choice of sun resin because it is a technology which is working commercially and second of all it uh, is there to be a poster child just exactly for commercial uh, or potential commercial scale production and there are other um, extraction technologies in DLE uh, deployed elsewhere like in Arkansas for instance or down in Southern California and there's some of the uh, and those technologies slightly different be, uh, between the uh, various plants and so forth. So uh, this one is uh, specifically to demonstrate sun resins capability. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, when I compare it to fracking, I, I wasn't thinking particularly about maybe the environmental part of fracking, but it's the transformation of what it opens up in terms of where you can get your lithium from uh, in the same way that fracking did, you know, basically in the States. Uh, and ramped up their ability to create their own oil and gas industry and become the largest supplier of oil and gas in the world. Um, so it has that same capability of completely opening up the lithium market. We could do an entire podcast probably on DLE because, as you say, there are different technologies. This one is Chinese. Um, we know other companies like Lake Resources, which you know, have struggled a bit, haven't they? Uh, and obviously we know that and our own backyard here, Cornish Lithium is is looking at using DLE for their brines. Um, again, we could do a whole program. A lot, a lot of all of this comes down when you're looking at the whole 
brine recovery is your grade, isn't it, Paul? Well, what it comes down to is the efficiency, uh, actually, of uh, how well it, it uh, extracts what lithium there is in the uh, component material. And the DLE is designed to be least impactful upon the environment overall, but also the most efficient way of removing what otherwise would be relatively lower concentrations of lithium in fluids at a significant profit. So that's the whole point of it. Yeah, okay. Um, all right. Um, now, I'll tell you one that caught my eye slightly, Paul, you might want to comment upon, but that was that Rainbow Rare Earths have signed a, an option for TechMet to invest fifty million dollars into their into their directly into their project in South Africa that, that I can't pronounce it, but the Falabora um, project. Yes, um, that's right. The Falabora project that specifically is a phosphate tailings project for which the uh, rare earth elements have been artificially enriched in those tailings now as a result of that processing. TechMet, uh, being a technology investor in raw materials, the whole point there is uh, they have done it as an option because not, I think, uh, all, or I would say it's an option simply because not all of the financing um, sources have uh, otherwise been uh, committed yet to the CapEx estimate. Uh, total CapEx estimate on this plant would be about $300 million. So with TechMet signed in as an option on $50 million, it helps the rest of the uh, financing uh, possibilities to put a pro appropriate valuation for what would be their risks and interests if they chose to participate. So uh, it isn't a finance uh, check uh, passed over, but it's definitely a letter of intent or a signed letter of intent, that's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's like, you know, we, we're starting to build a book and here's here's the first player in the book. Um, I, I've just not seen an announcement like that before. It caught my eye. Uh, right, let's, uh, one more probably, Paul. Why don't you, um, I think um, Endeavour Silver had three months numbers aside, didn't they? And they look, uh, do you want to comment on those? Yes, the three-month numbers out from Endeavor Silver yesterday, the Mexico silver producer. They did prove to be uh, somewhat disappointing, I would say, at this point. The three-month uh, revenue was up by 25% to $49.5 million. But they did have a net loss on the period of $2.3 million, which is actually a little bit higher than what it had been in the uh, on a year-on-year -year basis for that quarter adjusted net loss was 7.4 million which is almost double uh what it was and part of that was a, a in the adjustment of a seven million dollar gain on disposal of the coza men royalty and a reduction in fair value of investments so what that comes down to is book value has come down a bit across their assets and in investments in particular shares they might be holding in other companies so in that sense, the production ounces were also 21% lower at 1.15 million ounces on a year ago basis. So therefore, cash costs also came up by quite a bit, almost $18 an ounce now. Okay, anything else urgent or should we call it day there? That's good for me at this point. All right, speak tomorrow, thanks. This podcast has been produced and edited by VSA Capital. 
It is intended for information purposes and not as investment advice. The information is intended for recipients who understand the risks associated with equity investments in smaller companies. Please do your own research and do not rely on a single source when making an investment decision. VSA Capital may derive fees from this content and seeks to do business with the companies mentioned.